0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to my two cents podcast episode 10 which is entitled black Hollywood and before I I get started let me list off uh, the national food days for this week today is February 21st and today's food day is national sticky bun day February 22nd it will be margarita day and sweet potato day February 23rd banana bread day February 24th tortilla chip day February 25th chocolate covered peanuts and clam chowder day February 26th, Pistachio Day. February 27th, Strawberry Day and Kalula Day. And February 28th, Souffle Day. Now before I get into Black Hollywood, let me just say this right now. I have never been so overworked as in school-wise in my life. I've had to do projects. I had to take a test that I had to come up with. Uh, concepts and ideas for it to make sure that I understood um, the certain questions. I was just bombarded with a whole lot of work. This has never happened to me so quick. I'm usually able to um, understand and micromanage and get everything laid out to a point that usually it's my Thursdays and Fridays would be I'll have my classes then after that, I'll go over to my parents' house, chill with them. But this week was different. I couldn't do that Thursday. I was able to do that. Uh, Couldn't do it Friday because it was raining bad down this way. And shout out to anybody that don't have power right now. Texas, you guys are extremely still bad over in that area. I'm well wishes. It will... Good prayers over to you guys. I'm hoping that everything works out real quickly for you guys. I know a whole lot of deaths are happening happening right now. And just... Uh, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. That's the only uh, thing I can say right about now. Because I've been in that predicament. But not to the extreme that uh, the whole... Place ran out of energy, and you didn't have food to eat. You guys were starving, and it was so cold. Usually down this way, the only time I ever had to worry about power going out was whenever a hurricane hits down in September, October-ish. That's the only time I ever had to worry about if my electricity will go out, and if it does, okay, I'll have to come up with a game plan. But Thank God for the past, ooh, two years it hasn't happened, so, yeah, we've been doing good, but still, uh, prayers to Texas and anybody that has lost power, but just notably Texas and prayers to anybody that's lost uh, loved ones, pets, or anything due to this power outage and not having heat, and before I go any further, um, rest in peace to Vincent Jackson. He was a former NFL wide receiver. Um, his body was uh, discovered in his Florida hosp- not hospital but hotel room on February fifteenth. Um, he was thirty eight. He played for played in NFL for eleven years from two thousand five to two thousand sixteen. Also, rest in peace to Rush Limbaugh. Um, he died on February seventeenth of lung cancer at the age of seventy. Um, I'm not, I don't know much about Rush Limbaugh. I know he was just a controversial figure in the radio station, but no matter how you feel about the man, he did live until 70. He had lung cancer. That's a horrible way to go, but yeah, rest in peace to Rush Limbaugh and also rest in peace to Prince Marky D, one of the founding members of the fat boys. (laughs) He died. Uh, on February 18th, the laughter was, I'm looking at his photo right now, and he's throwing up the peace sign with the peace sign, and he's smiling, and the thing about that is that whenever I think about the Fat Boys, I think of uh, the All You Can Eat song. If you guys know it, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The It was him and his two boys walking into a catering spot, I believe in like New York, an All You Can Eat spot like Buffet. Their group's called the Fat Boys, so you guys can automatically assume that they're big guys, Um, Anyway, the whole music video is funny. It just seemed like they were a funny uh, rap group. I didn't divulge more more into their uh, catalog when I was a younger uh, teenage kid. Probably around around, mm, 11, 12-ish when my brother uh, put me on to the Fat Boys because he just happened to uh, just stumble upon a music video and he brought me and my other brother over there. We just had a nice little fun uh, looking at the video. But just when I saw the video, when I, not the video, when I saw the photo of him right here, it just reminded me of the music video. That's the reason I was laughing. I'm not laughing at him uh, passing away. But nevertheless, uh, recipes to Prince Marky D. Um, those are the people that have passed uh, Celebrity Big Wise this week. Also, continuing on with Celebrity uh, News this week. Um, it has been revealed that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are getting a divorce. And, um, good luck to Kim and Kanye. I have, uh, nothing bad to say about that. I just know that Kim probably had to deal with certain things when Kanye was on the road, uh, trying to campaign out there and having to deal with certain, uh, aspects of, one's life that you wouldn't have thought about if you were marrying such a person um, especially certain the comments that he made while he was out there and best of luck to her where um, her Kanye and the kids and to Kanye as well um, he's been devastated for a long time he I guarantee you um, Losing a mother is difficult. I haven't had that. I haven't had to deal with that type of pressure. My mom is still here, and my father is still here, and all my siblings are still here. I haven't had to deal with losing someone of a close barometer of, the, of that measurement, so I can't fathom uh, losing one of my best people around me. But Kanye did whenever he was like almost peaking to stardom whenever he lost his mom. And then after that, he was on a he still met his full potential, but. It's just something not there with Kanye, and I believe that Kris Jenner can be a substitute motherly figure for so much. But she will never truly experience uh, black culture. She will never truly understand that, even though she dates a black guy. And, but she will never truly understand black culture like that. She won't understand the whole true black sh- struggle. Like Kanye understands, like every other black like celebrity or in, or even black individual understands exactly what the black culture and black experience is like we will never understand white experience we will never be able to understand their whole full um advantage of having a privilege or seeing another white person that might be in a different tax bracket having a better privilege than they have like i said we in the blacks uh we in the black race never be able to understand that experience, so I'm just basically trying to get down to this. Kanye West lost his mom. He's been on a spiral trip for a minute now. What I will suggest is Kanye West go out to your four hundred acres in Wyoming and just go out there and just sit down and just breathe, breathing in, just breathe in that air and just clear your brain. Don't think of no music, don't think of anything else, just think of you, what makes you um, happy, and how to make yourself happier and get over um, losing your mom. That still plays a big toll, I believe, on anybody, but I believe when you're a big celebrity and you got a lot of paparazzi and a lot of people wanting to see you fall down, I think that puts added pressure onto your uh, experience. But nevertheless, I wish Kanye West, I wish Kim Kardashian, I wish their whole family well, no ill will towards them at all. Please keep them in your prayers, because we don't know what could happen over in that situation. Keep people that have lost power in um, electricity in your prayers. People that can't even drive out here, people that have lost other people in your prayers just please do that that's what i'm saying right now please keep them in your prayers now let me jump into black hollywood black hollywood is a thing and when i mean black hollywood i don't just mean um atlanta because that's what black hollywood is whenever anybody thinks of black Hollywood or says black Hollywood, they're going to think of, oh, you mean Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta's a cool place, but I mean the black entertainment surgeons in Hollywood right now. And people might say to me, what do you mean black? The black surgeons has always been a black thing. No, 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 no. We've got now. Mm, more black movies that have been, I would say, covered more frequently than anything. I believe with Jordan Peele's Get Out with Daniel Kalula making his film debut. At least for me, that's the first time I ever seen him. And then you got um, Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman, um, Mark Michael B Jordan. And Riot Kugler as the director. You got um, Coming to America 2. About to come out. People just cramming to see that. Off a of nostalgia base. To see if it still holds up. You got can black comedians. As in Tiffany Haddish. That's on her peak. Bringing up other comedians right now. in Netflix, On uh, Netflix right now. You got so many black other things. Besides Judas and the Black Messiah, which I saw this week, and I urge you to see it. If you, I'm not going to say no type of spoilers, but only thing I will say is this as you're watching this, you will understand why black people have a close disdain for law enforcement in any position, whether it could be your local police or the big time government you'll understand why we have a big mistrust in law enforcement um what else (sighs) there's been more black actors now but before i get into the black actors of now i want to pay attention and look back to black entertainers they can be actors comedians uh, anything in the entertainment realm that could even be music. Just looking back at the history for my knowledge of what I know about it because I've been busy this week. I couldn't go too much in-depth into this, but I'm going to pull from what I know person, not personally, but yeah, personally, because I've lived through certain things. And I've seen certain things. Michael Jackson. Let me just start with Michael. Michael Jackson Starting down to Jackson 5, then doing... Everything else, these big elaborate music videos, these big elaborate budgets that he had, he was able to buy the Beatles from Paul McCartney. Not really for Paul McCartney, but Paul McCartney's people. He was able to buy the Beatles from them. Do you not know how much money and dough, even at that time, that he had to have to buy the Beatles catalog? That's a lot of money. But Michael Jackson was able to get it. I'm not sure who owns the catalog now for the Beatles. Hopefully it should still be in the Michael Jackson uh, family estate. But if not, whoever has the Beatles records now, catalog, rich man. Especially after the movie that the, that somebody did a couple uh, years ago talking the movie whole premise was. If this guy went back in time and the Beatles never exists, he just basically just ganked in basically performed a Beatles whole uh, catalog in a whole alternate universe and made it his own, seeing that that was him. Anyway, Michael Jackson was able to entertain thousands upon millions of people worldwide, and he was able to make people do the moonwalk, even though people are going to say, he didn't invent the moonwalk. Yes, he might not have invented the moonwalk, But, let's not get it twisted. Without Michael Jackson being the guy to star, show the spotlight on the moonwalk, I don't think the moonwalk would be as big as it is now. Because there's been a whole lot of fads that has happened in time in the black culture, or even in culture in general, that, okay, yeah, it was here, but then it drifted away. Right now, somebody could bust the moonwalk. Right now, and people will automatically uh, address that to Michael Jackson. Automatically, my man was able to make a one. Make you wear a one-handed glove, all bedazzled and glitter out. What type of person has that type of fame and notoriety that could make you literally wear a one-glove? With sparkles and glitter on it. I'll wait. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's many that can do that now. Jay-Z can't make somebody do that. That'll look insane. Young Thug can't do that. Uh, Who else is big right now? You know what? Donald Glover can't do that. I don't know Glover would do it, and I think people will copy it, but I don't think it would be up to the premise and big startup as Michael Jackson. There will never be another big time star like Michael Jackson again in this world. That's not happening. I don't see it happening no time soon. And with Michael, the funny, not not funny, but it's funny to me is. Michael Jackson is able to do all these things, create, make all these types of dreams come true for these children. And people might say, Joe, I know you're going with this. Yes, I'm about to go there. He's able to have children go to his Neverland rant home and go to and do all this and that with children. Yo, let me make this perfectly clear. I don't know what happened in Neverland, but I don't think Michael Jackson touched these little kids at all. Not one bit man in the moon. I don't think Michael touched children. I think Michael was just not all the way there in adulthood. I think Michael knew okay, I know how to dance, I know how to perform, I know how to do this and that. But every time you've seen Michael, it just looked more characterized. Him coming out there with the glittery, like, jackets and armied up, glittered, and bedazzled out. I mean, just, whenever you look at photos of Michael Jackson, look at, just Google his stuff, and you won't see exactly what I'm talking about. Man, look like a straight-up, drawn-out cartoon in his outfits, and that showed me children inspiration into it because children has a whole lot of bedazzled and glitter out you can uh tantalize children with the bedazzled and glitter if you think I'm lying put some glitter on in a ball and just bounce up and down you tell me a you kid ain't gonna want to try to grab the glitter ball and mess with it. That's a tr- that's a true product by the way. Glitter balls are actually real and you can do that and the kid will be mesmerizing and trans by a glitter ball. Getting back to my point here. Michael Jackson was taken from childhood and in placed into stardom. He never had a childhood. That's why he had all these like animals in his background, backyard, and had a just like a whole train station, train just a train thing. He was he was children like in the mind frame as an adult. I think that children are meant to be children. Yes, you can train them up into being a superstar, yes, but do not rob them of their superstardom and then you will not come up with the idea that, oh my god, he did something to these small ch- to these children. I don't believe that one minute at all. That's just me. Michael Jackson did not touch kids. That's Gerald Garrett's opinion. That's G2's opinion. And I am him G two. That's my opinion on that. Now getting over to Prince, another Baytime uh, superstar. I never knew how big Prince was. Never. i saw the Chappelle skit, and I just thought it was funny when I was a when I first saw it. But other than that, I never understood or paid attention to prince I didn't it wasn't until his death I really start getting into Prince music and understanding how big of a person prince was Prince was a different type of person you hear that he played every instrument from guitar to drums to uh, saxophone to trumpet he could play Every instrument. Hey, that's impressive. I can't play not a single instrument in this world. I can carry a tune if I gotta get one, but I cannot play an instrument for nothing. Not to save my life, not to save my people's life. I can't play an instrument. But, however, I can carry a tune, if need be. Prince was different. And by the way, I even saw the Jamie Foxx skit from In Living Color with the whole cut k- butt out in the jeans when they cut out the butt cheeks in the jeans and they try trying to sell it. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube, type in Jamie Foxx, Prince skit, and you'll see it. You'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't still understand it. Like I said, once Prince died, I started to go back and I started to look at how People just perceive Prince, and I mean, by God, people really love Prince. You can even see that in the aftermath of his death. People were at his, um, what did he call this thing? What did he call this thing in Minnesota? God! It was a big old factory, but he lived in it. I can't, I can't... Paisley's Place, there it is, Jesus. Paisley's Place, he lived there, and it was... you. I even hear, I even, like listen to an interview that Kevin James did. This is ooh was this? Yeah, this is before Prince passed and I was on and I was on I get into different uh fixes from time to time. I get into different mindsets. I just dig into some and I just constantly, constantly this was like when I was like this was a show A and E would have like comic book heroes on it and they had like guys talking about comic books. Kevin James was on it. Not Kevin James, Kevin Smith. The guy uh Silent Bob from Jane Silent Bob. Anyway Get back to my point here. He talked about going to Paisley's place and talking about how him and Prince had a conversation, and he wanted to use a beautiful girl, and Prince declined it. And Prince told him the reason. I don't know if Prince told him the reason why, but I'm thinking that my memory is coming back to me, and it's not really all the way there. Anyway, Prince told him the reason why that he couldn't use it because he wrote that for his wife at the time. And Kevin Smith came on telling him, no, 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 this will work perfectly for the movie because I want to use it that, but Prince told him no. Kevin Smith ultimately had a bad taste in his mouth, that he couldn't use it, he was salty, he wasn't cool, even though, even now, he has said it wasn't, he understands why. And he was just upset that Prince wouldn't allow him to use uh, Beautiful Girl. Prince was a, not gonna say stickler about people using his music, but Prince was not too keen on the idea not getting money back for his music. And I, rightfully so. Rightfully so, when you're an artist, you make this music to make money. That's what you're doing as an artist. You're making music to make money and you're trying to sell records, you're trying to sell. You're basically selling yourself. You're selling your brand to your, to the world. Not just your fans, but the world. So people can buy into you. But at a time, Prince didn't... I'm not going to say do that, but at a time, Prince was in a space that he felt that he was getting underpaid. Just like a whole lot of artists now. A whole lot of artists in this pandemic time aren't getting paid by the labels and they're trying to figure out a way how they can get paid because they can't go on touring because the one thing that i didn't learn more importantly was that when you tour that's where you get majority of your money you don't get it in album sales because albums got it because the albums um have to be reimbursed back to the company because the company will be advertising it they have to put it out they have to all these fudging of numbers for you to pay back uh, their money spent to you for that album. So you'll majority be getting all your money in your tour shows. But that's not the case now. Prince wasn't getting paid uh, what he felt he was getting paid, and he wasn't. Um, What was it? I don't believe he was getting... the; He wasn't getting his rights to his music. Like, the artist should be owning all their music. And he, at a time, stopped using the name Prince. He just was a symbol. And that... I believe that's the first person... And still probably the only person that was... Going around as a symbol. I mean, you got... The B and W symbols, you got the Jaguar symbol. I mean, you even got the beat symbol. But Prince was an artist. He has to sell his music, and if people can't look you up, they have to look up a symbol that shows you how much power Prince had. Prince was able to change his name to just a symbol. I don't know how much power that demonstrates to anybody. Whenever you can le- not even legally, whenever you can just change your name from okay, I want to go from me. My name's Gerald and I just change it to like the big smiley face. That'll be my symbol. How would you able how how would you even try to market that? I mean, I see people marketing it now cuz I mean it's quite simple now to market a big smiley face or whatever type of logo you want for yourself but back in that time before the internet was really thriving out here i don't think anybody could have done it but prince was able to do it so prince is the man off that alone and plus he was able to get his masters and get uh the music rights that was rightfully his and Let me say this right now, yet again. Every artist, when you make music, I would suggest trying to look up um, a lawyer in the entertainment industry that deals with uh, entertainment contracts. Because you don't know whatever you're, you don't have no idea what you are signing. You just know bits and pieces but there will always be some devil inside the details that will always screw you when you're not looking. I am a small time podcaster right now. I don't have no lawyer. I don't have uh, money running through from this podcast. I'm hoping to have money run through this podcast soon, very soon. And when that time comes around, I'm hoping to have a lawyer to look over everything to make sure I'm not getting screwed. So, for anybody that's starting music, starting a podcast, or even about to do business with a company, please look up a lawyer to get the devils inside the contracts, devil inside the details, because... There was a woman that did bridal, uh, did the whole bride, uh, God, 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 their whole gown, bridal gowns. There it is, bridal gowns. My God, there was a woman that did the bridal gowns. My mom showed me this, and she was on her YouTube talking about how the company that she did a partnership with, uh, now controls her Instagram page, um, because she started up her Instagram page after she signed the contract and inside the contract it read and stated that if you did not already have this uh page started before this contract this page basically belongs to us now and in on that page it has the name of the company uh her face so now she has to start at the bottom she can't use her name she can't use uh her own uh, professional name. She can't use her business name, so she had to start with a whole new company uh, name, and she's able to do bridal gowns that way to kind of get a loophole through that. But nevertheless, look through every contract and get a lawyer and please, for the love of God. You might not know if your lawyer knows any type of other lawyer in the company's uh, lawyers, law, lawyer, and their lawyer. Uh, God, I am so at a loss for words. Rolodex. You don't know if a lawyer knows another type of lawyer. I would say you probably want to get a lawyer that's out of state. So the so if you're doing company, okay. Let me just make an example. I'm just because I'm running over this. If I'm in South Carolina. And I'm going to do business with a company in, I don't know, I'm just going to, to store it out, Florida. I do a partnership with them. I need to look for a lawyer in North Carolina because North Carolina is still a little hotbed for uh, action out there. And I probably wouldn't need to get an entertainment lawyer from North Carolina. And hopefully, during the background check of the lawyer, I can see if he's done work in Florida, because if he's done work in Florida, then I can see, okay, he might know this lawyer, and, and if that's not the case, or even if it is the case, I can like, okay, he's off the list, let me go to another lawyer in another state. That'll be my whole thing. That's my whole brain function, but let me get back to my point here. Get a lawyer so they can get all the devils out of the de- out of the contract. So you can have a straightforward, you know what you want, and that's another thing. Know what you want inside your contracts so you won't get screwed royally. I mean, you're already going to get screwed a little bit because that's what contracts basically are. Because everybody should be able to work off what your word is in a handshake. I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe in what's your word is your word, and if you have a handshake agreement, you have a handshake agreement. Don't screw nobody On a handshake agreement. And don't screw nobody on your word is your word. I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe in that old school method. But if you got to go and do a contract deal. Make sure you have a good uh, lawyer. That's not going to screw you as much. As you know you're going to get screwed. That's just the business. Getting back to Prince. He was able to get all his money. He was able to get his rights. He was able to get his whole catalog, and now that he's dead, and before he even died, you couldn't even find his music to download anywhere, at a time when, before Prince did die, because I wanted to listen to one song that he did, and I wanted to download it, because on the internet, you can always go to a downloading site and download music. I couldn't download Prince's music for nothing. And that's the thing. Prince was able to have a lock on it without you knowing anything. I didn't know it. I didn't know that you couldn't download Prince's music, but that was a thing. So now that I do know that, well, okay. There's certain artists that you can download the music. And now that Prince is gone, you can download his music anywhere i mean his music on youtube and everything else you couldn't find his music on youtube before he passed but now his music's out there hey i'm not sure if he'll be upset or not i just know that hey his music's there now and you guys need to enjoy it for as much as you can because you don't know whenever the prince family is going to take it off youtube or they just might be making money off of the youtube on it I don't know how that side of the business works. I don't know how music business like that works. That's just my thing. And going to somebody that got what was his. Dave Chappelle, one of the greatest comics alive. Not just in my opinion, but in all of comedy's opinion. He's one of the greats. And I just wanted to play one joke in particular, that I personally found completely hilarious, and this is off of Bird's Revelation from Netflix. This is about white people's spirit. Just bear with me on the, just, you're gonna hear the joke. Just wait a minute. Yeah. It took us 400 years to figure out as a people that white people's weakness the whole time was kneeling during their national anthem. <laughs> That's a brittle spirit. That's right, nigga. I'm on the Rock, it's regular. Ah! Ah! What are you doing, nigga? Stand up! <laughs> the vice president of the United States got involved. Mike Pence got involved. He went to the game himself. These niggas will have to stand when they send me. And all them football players looked up in the stands and saw Mike Pence. Is that Mike Pence? Come on, y'all. Wu-Tang. Pow! Ah! Foiled. If you did not understand the comedy brilliance of that joke right there, just by saying that white people's... <laughs> biggest weakness was taking a knee at the National Anthem, I don't know what else I can give you. Think about it. Why people at the time, and still now, have a problem with people kneeling on the flag? How can you have a problem with people kneeling on the flag? Not even the flag, just the National Anthem. They're not kneeling on the flag. They're kneeling on National Anthem. And they already told you why. It's because of police brutality. And you guys have a big old fit over that. And you guys think that you're going to die off of that. Just, ugh. like I said, the joke is brilliant. Completely brilliant. One of my greatest, one of his greatest jokes that I've heard. Also, another joke that he wrote and told was the Anthony Bourdain joke. And if you didn't understand and you didn't hear the joke, let me give you the premise of it. He talked about how Anthony Bourdain had the best job in the world. The only thing he did was go around into other cultures and taste their food and just live life how man was supposed to live. And Anthony Bourdain ended up committing suicide. Dave Chappelle goes to his uh, DC footlocker and he runs into one of his buddies that he used to uh, go to school with. His buddy was going to be a lawyer and he, at the time, this was never him and his, Dave Chappelle and his buddy were in school. He met the girl of his dreams and he was going to get married. Deja told him, just wait until you're out of college for that. You got all you got nothing but time. Friend didn't listen. He ends up marrying the chick. And he end up getting a divorce. And she gets half of everything. How do you get half of nothing? Anyway, the end of the joke is he ends up talking, Deja's up talking to his friend. They were catch up, and the friend tells Dave that he's now living with his mother. And Dejabelle asks him, has he ever thought about committing suicide? No, no. Dejabelle said, you know, after all that, his friend never thought about committing suicide. Because remember, he had a promising career of being a lawyer. Didn't happen. He won. He got married to this chick. He thought he was going to be the love of his life. It didn't happen. Everything went downhill for him, and he did never ever think about committing suicide while Anthony Bourdain. Everything was on an upside swing. You were getting paid. You went around the world on somebody else's dime, and you were eating food from different cultures. You laid it again on somebody else's dime, and he still committed suicide. He was able to make you think and learn something and still put it in a funny way. If you haven't seen any Dave Chappelle's Netflix specials or specials in general, it's great. He did another one on Killing Them Softly. You can look this up on YouTube. It's called Purple Drink. Long story short, he basically told white people, "I know what you have in your carts." He's able to look at them because white people are scared for you to look inside their carts. It's a whole premise. Just watch Dave Chappelle comedy skits, comedy. His whole, his whole stand up, his whole uh comedy, uh Chappelle shows. Just watch him. He's a funny, funny dude. If you never heard of him, that's crazy. But everybody has heard Dave Chappelle. Hopefully, if you haven't, stay yet again, now you have. Look for it on YouTube. Look for it on Netflix. Anyway, Dave Chappelle now has gotten. Got paid for the Chappelle show. At a time, he did not get paid for the Chappelle show being on Netflix and Comedy Central and HBO Max. He wasn't getting paid. He now is getting paid for that, for the Chappelle show. And it was a whole big thing. He made a little short 18-minute uh, thing watchable on YouTube and on his Instagram and on Netflix. I believe it was called The Revelation. And now he got a new one and he's talking about how he's now gotten paid from the Chappelle show. Like I said, he it's it shows that... Hollywood is trying to do, at least people in certain positions in Hollywood, if you have a big enough name, is willing to try to rewrite certain bad um, business decisions. Because the same thing happened to Joe Budden. Joe Budden is a guy, is a rapper, now turned podcaster, he has a, a popular real popular, I mean top top tens, top fives in the world podcast, the Joe Budden Podcast is him, his buddy Maul, his buddy Rory, and his uh, engineer and buddy Parks. They drop every Wednesday, Saturday. I listen to their shows and they also have Patreon. Anyway, he talked on last week's episode about same thing, he talked about Dave Chappelle got his uh, money, and now he's gotten money now because, um not gotten money now, but whenever he had to do a renegotiation with Love and Hip Hop, he didn't want to do Love and Hip Hop because in the past, he didn't get paid what he felt he deserved. And he's had a bad contract, and but the last person that was in position of VH1 didn't care, and just blase blah. But now since they got they wanted him back, and there's a new person in the head office of VH1. Joe Budden didn't want to do it, but the new guy didn't know what happened or anything, so he was able to fill in the brunt. But long story short. Joe Budden and his manager was able to make it, uh, make that guy understand what happened and the guy fixed the wrongdoing and Joe Budden ended up getting paid and getting what he wanted out of that deal. It's a resurgence in Hollywood for past wrongdoings. Even with the whole Me Too era. I'm going to call that a little... That that we're still living in that era, but we're not in it f- so much. Hollywood people were getting taken out left and right because they were being nasty people back in the day, or even currently now in the day. But now the people that's in the chairs after that nasty person's out of there, they're trying to make right. Of what happened in the past, and you gotta applaud them. You gotta accept that from them, because if you don't ever get the opportunity to change what happened, nobody will ever know. So, with all that being said, thank you to the new people in charge of everything. Thank you to, thank you to you, wanting to um, change, rewrite history. Anyway, let me get back on my celebration of black entertainment. Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest comics ever. Kevin Hart, another guy who gets a whole lot of flack now, um, is a great comedian. Great actor, too. I've seen him in a whole lot of just comedy roles. Even him and Brian Bryan Cranston in... uh. Their little movie. It was able to show Kevin Hart. Being able to play a little serious role. Still crack some jokes here and there. Inside the movie. But just him being able to pull off the serious man. In that movie. Kevin Hart. Gets a lot of flack. Because people think he's not funny. Yes. Some of his comedy specials might not be deemed funny. But Black people please understand that we have to continue to pump our black comedians we have to continue um pushing them into the stratosphere we have to continue championing them, championing them because there are, there are some comedians of other races that are not funny at all and somehow they've gotten shows upon shows on shows, specials upon specials upon specials. We have to push our own. We have to support our own. It's a thing that needs to happen. It's a thing that should be happening. And black means that are at the top, do not forget who brought you to that mean light. Do not forget who helped you along the way don't get a big head and think that you are now untouchable because you or have the people behind your back no you still have to be right you still have to be funny and you still have to make sure that you are taking care of your business because if you don't well you're gonna have a problem if you don't take care of your business, you're going to lose us backing you. Because we don't like to back people that are not there. We don't like to back people that are there, but then they're falling off and they just don't care. We don't like that. We want to keep championing you whenever you're doing good. And even if you might take a one bad stumble, but we still like to champion you. But you got to show us that you care. You just can't be like, "Ah, I don't care. I know they're going to champion me, keep championing me. No, no, no. You have to care. Do not. In RP, do not just think. Do not just think that we are going to back you because you're black. In certain instances, yes. In certain instances, not at all. You have to be funny. Getting back to that, I never understood the whole Richard Pryor uh, funny thing. I never understood it until yesterday. I was watching a small clip that Netflix put up of 40 minutes of black uh, comedians, or I just said, black excellence, something like that on the title for Netflix on YouTube. And in it, it had a Richard Pryor uh, little snippet, snippet in it, and Richard Pryor talked about um, police officers putting black men in chokeholds and saying, "Can you break a nigga?" And he made a whole little thing, and you just saw how people just laughed about it and laughed. I laughed. And then he went to another, small, uh, short skit. Where he talked about how policemen have dogs, of pit bulls and rock, I believe, a, uh, another type of, speed, nah, uh, another type of dog. And he talked about how the dog will. It's easy to catch a white man, but it's hard to catch, the average. No, he said it can catch the average white man. And then he mentioned how a dog would try to catch a black dude. And he talked about how he saw a dog running after a black dude. And it didn't get far because a, do- a black man was running. And then he saw him turn his hat backwards and just get into another gear. And the dog just like stopped and like gave up. You just just look at the skit. You understand what I'm talking about. It's a funny skit. I enjoyed Pryor's work in um, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights was, if, I would say a good, night, I'm not going to say just a good movie, it was a great movie, because you got to see Eddie Murphy, you got to see Richard Pryor, you got to see Red Fox, you got to see young Charlie Murphy, you got to see, um, some other black comedians in the movie. You even got to see Arsenio Hall. You got to see uh, God, what's her name? It's from a different world. Hold on. Hold on one minute while I look her up. Hold on one second. There we go. I got her name now. Jasmine Guy. I, let me list off the cast for you. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Della Reese, Jasmine Guy, Arsenio Hall. Um, Layla Roshan Sean, no, Stan Shaw You got Thomas Ford Who everybody would know as Tommy From Martin You got Charlie Murphy You had Robin Harris And you had a guy named Ray Murphy Sr. When you watch the movie You'll understand why it was funny? You'll understand why black comics at the time were able to get into this movie, and now it's a cult classic, or people might even say a classic. To me, I believe Harlem Night Harlem Nights is a classic. To me, I saw it late in life, just off a of woolen clip that Dela Reese. Had with Red Fox because she was trying to get some orange juice in the refrigerator in her kitchen, and she got this whole spit and spat with Red Fox. And uh, Red Fox is basically telling Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy in the film earlier, spoiler alert, shot uh, Reese's toe in the movie. Red Fox is going at Delores back and forth, and it, Within the back and forth that he has with Della Reese, Reese, he would tell Eddie Murphy, she's a, she's, she might be a tough woman, but she has a heart of gold. And then you'll see her just cuss at, cuss at Red Fox, and Red Fox will cuss at her back. And then he'll go back to Eddie Murphy and say, "Did you ever apologize to her?" He says, "It's just look at the clip or watch the movie. It's a funny movie, but nevertheless, it's just nothing but written in nothing but comedy, black genius." Throughout the whole movie of *Harlem Nights*, and Richard Pryor plays well his role so well, the calm guy that would just be the calm elder statesman of him and uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was being the young hot uh, throb in the movie, which that was his whole deal was even back in that time in nineteen eighty nine. Eddie Murphy was the young heart throb, and he was ruling over uh... the film industry and that leads me to Eddie Murphy another black comedian that was excellent excellent then excellent now Eddie Murphy, the first time I've heard of Eddie Murphy was Nutty Professor and I didn't really get into the Nutty Professor franchises like that I just know that in one movie he will switch from the big uh clump to uh this the size that he was uh regularly that was i believe in the professor two anyway after that one i started to as a child my mom dad took us to shrek and shrek eddie murphy was the voice of donkey as a child You go to the movie theaters with your parents, and you're there to have a good time. You're there to watch a movie. And as a child, you sometimes know the movie that you're going to see, sometimes you don't. I don't remember all the little bits and details, but I remember going to the movie theater watching Shrek with them. And Donkey's voice is so. Is one of the. Donkey, the character, is one of the best highlights of that whole Shrek franchise. Donkey is a key a key figure in uh, the Shrek franchises Donkey is a key figure in just the whole cartoon movie franchise as a whole industry Eddie Murphy's I don't I believe he was if you can point up any voice actor with donkey now I think you're only going to think of Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy has uh, made Donkey his own. He's made Donkey his. If something were to happen to Eddie Murphy now, or somebody try to play the voice of Donkey in something else, everybody's gonna think, okay, he's okay. That was probably a great Donkey or something, but great voiceover for Donkey, but that's not Eddie Murphy. Nobody can do Donkey like Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was being Eddie Murphy in Donkey, but he was able to be more cartoonish and more uh, laughable and more friendly, laughy, comedic style, like old hardy-har-har type of uh, thing with Donkey in the Shrek franchise. Matter of fact, look at the clip. I'm just giving you guys a bunch of clips for your head tops for you to look at. For you to look up, donkey walking with Shrek, um, up to Lord Farquhar's uh church in the chapel. He's talking about. I'm not sure if that was that part, or I believe it was the some. It was sometimes some part during the movie. He was talking to Shrek, and he's talking about Do you love Fiona? Yes, do you. I don't know if he said how much do you love her. But anyway, he was going with his whole diatribe and he hinted with the, but you got to show a little tenderness. And he said, the chicks love that romantic crap. Just look at Shrek with the kids or watch it by yourself. It's a great movie. Eddie Murphy was able to turn Shrek into his own. Eddie Murphy has another movie that I personally enjoy. It's trading places. It's him, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was a prostitute in this. And Eddie Murphy was a shyster in the beginning of the film. And Dan Aykroyd was the guy that went to college that was going to get married to one of the owner's uh, niece in the movie. I mean, just... Dan Aykroyd had it all. But in the movie, the two owners make a deal for... No, no, they didn't make a deal. They made a bet that they could turn Eddie Murphy's, Eddie Murphy's character into a hotshot, um, elitist, while turning Dan Aykroyd's character into a bum, a guy of... Crime and everything they made the test basically was, and I wish this test really did happen in real life, so rich people can understand how hard it is for poor uh, individuals. The test was that anymer that a person born with a silver spoon in their mouth can easily um, develop crime to be a person of crime or a person that does crime if they were born into. Uh, a poor circumstance or has a poor circumstance mindset. And on the flip side, a person that's poor can easily have a rich person mindset if you surround them by nothing but uh, opportunities and uh, lifestyle jumpstarts throughout life. So the basic premise was, if we could take this poor person and turn him into a rich person, have him have a rich person mindset, while we could turn this rich person into a poor person it went into this poor person's mindset of tr- crime and thievery. That was a deal between the two owners. Um, they ended up doing a deal. It was a success. Eddie Murphy became big hotshot guy. Dan Aykroyd, his whole life, got turned upside down, and he went to uh, a short period of time of crime, trying to get his life back, trying to reclaim everything of his. I'm not going to spoil what happened in the end of Trading Places. I shouldn't. I sh- I'm not going to say nothing more. Trading Places is up on all the time. But if you haven't seen Trading Places, go see Trading Places. It's a great movie. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. And I believe that every school should play Trading Places. Every school needs to play Trading Places. Trading Places shows people in the world what the world truly is. The world is cruel and nasty if you are rich. Let me flip that. The world is controlled by the rich and you can make people that are poor become truly nasty and truly people that They're not destined or the person that they are inside. Trading places can do that. The elitist or the elitist until something happens to them and then they got to do something that is not their character, that is not of human civilization's character, of who they truly are in their embodiment, their embodiment. That's what Trading Places is. Trading Places is a masterpiece. And people are going to fight me all day. I put that against a lot of movies. That teaches you a lot of life lessons. Trading Places does that. If you haven't seen Trading Places, go see it. See it now. Now, I want to talk about Martin Lawrence for a minute. Martin Lawrence did a movie with Eddie Murphy, Life. That's another great movie. Yet again, another life... uh, (laughs) See what I did there? Another life lesson movie in the movie Life. It's about Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy going to jail for a crime that they did not commit. And in jail, they get uh, to experience... Certain things. And they see certain things. And one part again. um, Another part in the movie. That you need to see is. The. Lunchroom scene. Cornbread. A big guy. Is. Asking. Martin Lawrence. Does he want his cornbread. And Martin Lawrence tells him. No you can have my cornbread. Eddie Murphy has to step up. And say. Nah man. You eat your own cornbread, bro. You can't have you can't let somebody just walk up in here and ask you, Do you want your cornbread and are like they gonna take it from you like that? You can't have somebody. Eddie Murphy was being the instigator, but he was teaching Martin Lawrence that you can't allow somebody to just walk up and automatically assume just because they're big that they can just basically have your cornbread. Look at the movie Life. You'll laugh. There's going to be so a couple sad moments in there. But you should learn a legitimate life lesson in that movie. <coughs> Another movie that I enjoyed of Martin was the whole Bad Boy saga. Him and Will Smith. Mike Lowry. The Bad Boys uh, saga, not saga, but franchise, because now it is going to be a franchise now, because they're coming out with the fourth one if they can get everything situated. It's it's funny because it, it grows, because in the first one you see Martin and Will, Will being the Will being, being the bachelor that he is. Anyway. Will being the bachelor that he is and uh, uh the first bad boy and they those two just having to coexist for a minute in the first one. Second one, they have to now go through a different thing because now uh Martin Lawrence's character wants to have a different partner. He doesn't want to be partners with Will Smith anymore. And you get the introduction of Martin Lawrence a uh, sister who is played by Gabrielle Union, who Will Smith had a thing with in the movie at a different time, and that it just becomes awkward because Martin doesn't know about it, so those two got to go through all that, and in the movie, Martin's sister gets captured, and they got to rescue her then, and now in the new one, they just had bad boys for life. I had to pause it there to make sure that I was doing the right thing. Yes, Bad Boys 3, Bad Boys for Life. Had Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. And now Martin's daughter has had a child. And now Martin's a grandfather. And Will is still trying to be the playboy. But he's not really the playboy anymore. He's now grown into... uh, Grown up. And he's no longer looked at as the... uh, Young heartthrob anymore, or the hot throb at all, and uh, this movie, and he has to come to terms with that. And while that's all happening, he ends up having to deal with a demon from his past and a surprise secret from his past. The whole franchise is a good representation of a black's. Uh, buddy comedy but action uh franchise. If you enjoy if you enjoy comedy with some action, this is your movie. Just you got two guys who's able to do comedy. Uh Will and Martin. You got a guy who's able to switch from funny to seriousness. If you got to in Will Smith. It's a it's a whole big ball of fun. Just watch the movies if you haven't seen them. Watch the franchise if you haven't seen them. Do everything, and if you haven't seen this show, I don't know where you've been because this show plays everywhere. And the show being Martin. It's simple. Martin Lawrence was able to get a mo- get a show back in the nineties, and now it's been syndicated everywhere. It's been off television. It's been uh, done for so many years, but it's played so much because it is a staple in American in American culture. Martin is played by Martin Lawrence himself. His girlfriend is Gina Waters. Gina Waterson I believe. No, Gina waters Payne. Basically, Gina by Tisha Campbell. You got Pam, Tashina Arnold. You got Tommy by Thomas. You got Cole, You got Stan, Stan Lee, no Stan, there's a whole lot of things, and then you got Tom Martin, the show, is funny, it is hilarious, as a matter of fact, Martin gets played so much, just, it's in the exact same realm as the Fresh Prince, God, my tongue is so tangled, the Fresh Prince. Will Smith show. That he had back some mad long ago. That's whenever he turned himself from a rapper to an actor. And he made the whole thing. Matter of fact, they did an HBO uh, Max special as a cast uh, reunion. And that allowed Will Smith to bury the hatchet with the first Ann Viv, Because if you don't know it, there was some... Uh, situate. There was a situation that the first Aunt Viv uh, actress got fired. Matter of fact, she didn't get fired. Hold up, did she get fired? Anyway, she got somehow it was she got removed from the spot of uh, play being Aunt Viv, and they played, and they had it um put another Aunt Viv in there, and the whole cast, not just the whole cast, but the whole audience at the time was trying to figure out, okay, what happened to the first Aunt Viv? And during their reunion, Will and her were able to talk it out. How at the time she wasn't happy because she um, was pregnant, she didn't get certain things, and now the company was trying to cut her pay, and how Will didn't sticker for her at the time and then we'll try to flip it and say that well he was a young kid at the time he was always trying to make people laugh and that he was always just trying to have a good time on the show and then that somebody didn't if somebody wasn't not going to say somebody but if you um, were a downer you he wasn't going to allow you to bring somebody down on the set either way you can look Look it up on YouTube, because that's how I saw it, for free, whenever somebody posted it up. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, but if not, get HBO Max and watch it. (laughs) Sorry for that. Get HBO Max and watch it, and you'll understand more about the whole situation. But Martin, the show, and Fresh Prince, the show, are in the same boat. They both get played everywhere you can't turn on a channel without seeing it martin is getting paid martin lawrence i don't believe has to do another show in his life or do another film in his life and he'll just get paid off reruns from martin The show the only time that i believe that will anything will screw up his money is if him or gina had to do something real despicable the like a me too crisis comes out and i believe that's the only way you're, that whole series would get ganked. just like the cosby series cosby did something nasty and the whole series got ganked and that means that stopped checks rolling in for everyone that dealt with the cosby show so the only time that Martin show would get ganked as if him or Gina did something nasty in the past time before the Me Too era. Same thing with Fresh Prince. If Will gets caught out with a Me Too thing, he's out of here. That Fresh Prince uh whole show is out of there. Anything that has anything to do with Will Smith is out of there. He is one of our black elites. And we cannot have anything happened to Will Smith at any point. He is at the top. He's one of our blacks that are at the top. Another black that's at the top, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors in like ever. The only thing that the only way how I even acknowledge, even think about Denzel Washington is whenever or whenever I think about Training Day. Training Day is how I was brought into Denzel Washington. Him playing a corrupt cop and him just being so smooth with it and his whole thing at the end. Whenever he's about to go out, he's saying he'll put a, a case on every single person, and he gets into a whole thing where he's surrounded, and he's getting shot so many times. Almost the same thing like set it off with Queen Latifah's character when she got killed. If you look at it and put the comparisons both back side by side, just look at it. I'm just saying there's a comparison of shootouts with Queen Latifah's and Disney Washington, Getting back to my point, and I digress. Denzel Washington has been named the greatest actor of the 21st century. Hold on, let me look that up, because I want to make sure that I'm right on here. I don't want to throw out anything that's a false native. Yeah, I did the research, and he was named the uh, greatest actor of the 21st century. And you to get give that to a black man yet again, where are living in America, and, and people might say, by God, Jerry, you go back to the black card again, back to the race card. Everything in America, whether you like it or not, has something to do with race. It's crazy to say that. It's crazy to constantly have to say that. But you should acknowledge it. It's true. It's okay to say it. But you got to figure out a way to fix it if you don't like somebody saying it. Fix it. Figure out a way to fix it. But if you can't, just deal with it. Now, let me get back to this. Denzel Washington has been named the greatest actor of the 21st century. I know I got brought up to Denzel by watching Training Day. But after that, I started watching some of his movies. I watched American Gangster when he played Frank Lucas. Great movie. Blue Magic. I don't care what you want to call your project. You can call it anything else. But mine is Blue Magic. You can call it baby crap. I don't care what you call it. But keep my thing out of your mouth. My product is called Blue Magic. If you know the scene with him and Cuba getting a inside a club, that's, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, yet again, that's another movie to watch on your list. American Gangsters. If you haven't seen Equali- Equalizer 1 or 2, Equalizer 1 is great. Equalizer 2 is okay. Equalizer 1 is the... One, you need to watch it. You haven't seen it. But, Equalizer 1 and 2 are good films. I watched Fences. That one was a confusing one to me. Where Denzel just being a uh, father on tough ends, I believe. I I couldn't really get into Fences like that. But, I want to watch Malcolm X. That's one movie I haven't seen yet. And people, and that's... Hey, I'm just letting you know, I gotta see Malcolm X. I'm trying to see it somewhere, somehow here. I'm trying to see it. I'm just letting you know. I haven't seen Malcolm X yet, but, yes. Uh, I've seen Inside Man. That was a cool movie that they had. Magnificent Seven. I've seen that one. It was a good one. It's him in a, uh, in a western with him, Chris Pratt, uh, and some other guys in it. And... If you haven't seen that one movie, go watch it. It's good. I've seen Deja Vu. It's him going back in time to make sure Paula Patton does uh doesn't die in the movie. I've seen Tim and Two Guns. Yeah, him and Two Guns. Him and Mark Wahlberg. A funny movie for is a is a funny cop movie for that. I've seen uh, Roman J. Esquire, a Roman J. Israel Esquire. It's him playing a lawyer. I'm not going to see the rest of the film name, not film name, but I'm not going to see the rest of the, what happened in the film. But, if you, that's another one about racial uh, injustices. Denzel Washington is a great actor. He, he deserves a whole lot of more, a whole lot of accolades that he gets, and he deserves much more. He's opened the door, there's a whole lot of black actors and actresses that look up to Denzel Washington, because he is our, tippy-top black actor of longevity that stays in the Big Bright Lights, Naked Cell movie on his name alone. That's Denzel Washington, that's our guy for us now, and I'm not sure if anybody else is going to claim it, but I will. Our guy now that's going to be just sell movies on his own with his name value, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And people might say, Well, Joe, he is Samoan too, and he's black. Yes, I claim him black, and I claim him as Samoan. But I will claim as black because, well, he's black. What more do you want? He looks Samoan, but let's not get it twisted. He has black inside of him. He is the highest paid man and highest worker in Hollywood right now. You can look on his Instagram. He's getting himself ready to play Black Adam for the DC Universe. And with that, you can already see this wheel spinning because they're going to be doing a Justice League. They're going to have all these guys. They're going to have to have a Legion of Doom. And with that, you're going to have Lex Luthor, uh, Black Adam. You're going to have some other uh, DC villains inside of Legion of Doom. I mean, there's so many things that you can do With that universe, and having The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, in that universe does nothing but puts that universe on another pedestal. Because you have The Rock, you have Jason Momoa, you have uh, whoever's going to be playing Superman and Batman whenever those movies come out. You have Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman. You have whoever's going to be playing The Flash. I mean, there's so many people that could do such and such thing, but just having The Rock on your franchise, and he is right now the franchise man in Hollywood, it doesn't hurt your business at all. If anything, it just elevates it more. The Rock has done so much in entertainment. Yes, he took a slow start. But now he's done so well, and now anybody in the wrestling profession can jump out of wrestling and do Hollywood right now. John Cena is doing that right now, and I, before um, these three guys leave, just like and go off into like privacy life, I expect the new day. Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, the Big E, to go out there because those are three entertaining guys, and they can. I can see them on television. I can see them even in movies, just being the three guys, just the knucklehead guys in a movie. Or if they want to give them a serious role, Xavier Woods he could be serious. Big E he could be serious. Big E is the son of a preacher, and he can be serious. And Kofi Kingston at a time he could be serious when need to be. Those are three franchise players that you could throw in, in any instances, and they'll knock it out of the park. And which, by the way, they have a podcast too. Uh, the New Day, Feel the Power, every Monday, just download that, and listen to it, if you want to hear just wrestlers just talk about nonsense, and, or whatever they want to talk about, and that's just another podcast for you to just listen to, and clear out your mind throughout, this, throughout these times that we're in, just for you to just breathe. That's a podcast that I will suggest you just listen to. It's just to hear three guys just have fun and just talk amongst one another and talk about just different types of nonsense. I have seen so much entertainment content, so much that I have lost my track of thought of who I want to talk about next. Because I don't want to jump over somebody that's great, that deserves the content, before I talk about the new generation of people and even the fallen gentleman like a Chadwick Bozeman who died at the end or in the middle of 2020. Matter of fact, just died in 2020, and he still had a whole life ahead of him. He still had more stuff to do. He was he was and is the Black Panther. When anybody thinks about the Black Panther, uh comic or even just the Black Panther just itself, they're going to think of Chadwick Boseman now because he put himself into that character and that character is now him. Seeing anybody else inside that Black Panther character, even in the suit, stepping up to be T'Challa, you now have a big, you have big shoes to fill. Because Chadwick Boseman isn't here, and he did such a great job of being T'Challa. We only saw him as being the Black Panther. Now, it's the same thing as anybody going to try to be Iron Man. If uh, Robert Downey Jr. were to pass, we all identify Iron Man as him. So Chadwick Boseman, the last thing that I saw, man, was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom And he did a great job as being uh, the cocky guy that was letting everybody know, I got this, I got this, but ultimately in the end he didn't have this. He he, uh, falled on his words. If you haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it's on Netflix. I will suggest you to go look for it and see it. It's a good film. It's a good film to watch. It's a good film to see. And yet again, ah, It's an old trope of mine, but I'm going to say it again. You're going to understand why in the entertainment business, black creators do not allow your content to just be ripped away from you and treated as trash because that's what happened. In Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, in the end of the movie... Chadwick Boseman character created a song. The guy said, well, technically, well, we don't need those songs. I'll pay you. I'll pay you for the songs. You're not going to record them. I'll pay you for them. They're never going to be heard from the side of the day. If we're going to be honest. But I'll pay you for them because I did tell you you could write them. I did tell you you could record them. But I'll pay you for it. I'll just pay you. It's fine. I'll pay you for the songs. And in the end of the film, after Chadwick Boseman has a ultimately snapped breakdown moment psychologically in his brain. He ends up killing one of his own band members. At the end of the film, you see the guy that bought the song from him have white, a whole white orchestra, a white dude, singing the exact song that Chadwick Boseman made. That is showing racism at its finest yet again white people doing white people things to other minorities. The whole Jedi mind trick. We are not the people that you need to see. You will not be recording this. I'll pay you for it. And while I was doing that, I had the whole Jedi mind fingers. If you know what it, what it is. Just look it up on YouTube if you don't know what it is. Jedi mind trick. Chadwick Bozeman he got dealt something crazy because if you would have said something earlier because my mom brought this to my point brought this to her point and it makes me resonate now because even after the effects of gorilla glue girl a gorilla glue woman who had the gorilla glue stuck in her head for about a month and then a doctor was able to get that out if Chadwick Boseman would have said his disease earlier and said what he had he probably would be here with us today. But that's only by... If you would have said it earlier... That's Hoka by Crook. We can only say F. Because we don't know. We're not saying... I'm not saying anything wrong. He dealt with it in his way. He wanted it to be private. He wanted to keep it private. And I respect it. I do. Because I'm a private person myself. Even though... Just because I'm doing a podcast... And I'm letting my voice out there be heard... I am a private person. I don't like... Being in uh, Situations where I have to talk In front of people I get jittery And I have to have a piece of gum In my mouth And I know that's bad for like presentation When you're talking in front of people But that's something to calm my nerves So I won't be so jittery and jangly So much And key note For anybody that's doing a podcast Let me just let you know right now Your lips will become dry It's going to be time to start your podcast you got to pause it and take a slip or something or take a drink of something just to unchatter your lips. So whenever you do a podcast, please have a co uh star of your podcast or do it with somebody else because you're going to be seeing that sometimes soon in this uh journey of this podcast, me having people on here, not just because um ah, my lips get dry or my your throat gets dry or something like that nature. But because it gets tiring of listening to one person's voice all the time, so throughout this podcast journey that I'm on, you're gonna see you're gonna hear from other creators in uh that I talk to you're gonna hear from other people that I talk to um but nevertheless, let me get back to what I was talking about if he would have if Bozeman would have talked earlier, you probably would have heard. A lot more. Um, you, you probably would be here today. Maybe. That's just maybe. Let me speak about another guy. That's of the now generation. Michael B. Jordan. A.K.A. Killmonger. In Black Panther. He did a crazy great job. And personally I identified more. With. The Killmonger side. For wanting to. Keep your. Energy and keep the vibranium and stuff amongst your people instead of sending it out to everywhere else. I vibe with that whole deal. That's just me. You could look at Black Panther. And you could dissect it yourself. I get what Killmonger was going with that whole time. I get it and I respect it. Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger, who did a great job of that. He needed therapy after that. He played uh, Apollo Crews' kid in Creed 1 and 2. i never seen one. I saw the second one where Creed uh, had to go against uh, Drago's son. The movie, the second one was good. I never saw the first one to really have a fair critique of like, oh my god, the first one did this. I only tell you how I thought about the second one. And the second one, I believe, was a good uh, capping off of the story of the Dragos and the Creed and the Rocky. I like that because in the end, Creed ends up uh, getting the win that, his, that was uh, as a vengeance for his father's death. And he was able to um, be a complete man after that fight. He was able to go about his life. I saw him in Just Mercy, him playing a lawyer, representing a guy on death row that was off of a real life story. And Michael B. Jordan again killed it in that. And also inside that film was Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, who, as a comedian, has done everything he can. He can sing. He can. Uh, I'm not sure. He maybe can dance, I don't know, but he can sing, he can act, he can do comedy, he's a complete because he he's he's a lot of things all formed in one, Jamie Foxx is, and he's a chameleon, if you need him to do something, he can do it, and I'm about to get Jamie Foxx and everybody else, because it just made me think about a group of people that I was supposed to say earlier, but I didn't, but I'm going to say that to Michael B. Jordan in a minute. Michael B. Jordan is now, uh, known as this big time, uh, sexual figure to people. And I'm not sure how this, I'm not going to say I'm not sure how anything, any of that works, but hey, women like him. So congratulations for him. I hope that work keeps, uh, keep him in play for anything that he wants to do. Who else might want to talk? Oh Yeah. And apparently, when you look up Michael B. Jordan in the movies, it says Black Panther two. So he might be in the second Black Panther, which is great. Cause Killmonger is a great character. Since Chadwick Boseman isn't around now, they might incorporate uh, and try to remix Killmonger into uh, into the family dynamic now, and probably later down the line turn him back into a uh, villain, quote unquote. But who knows? We'll see. Now getting to what I the guys that guys and people I forgot I want to give a great respect to the Wayne's family in the beginning it was Damon Wayne's Keenan Ivory Wayne's Marlon Wayne's Sean Wayne's and through and sh- uh Shikana or sh- Shantay Wayne sorry the sister of the Wayne the Waynes family of the four boys and one girl who started out in in Living Color, who in Living Color was a complete jumping pad for people like uh, the Waynes and Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx and uh, God bless. Um, who else came off of that? J- Jennifer Lopez, by God, one of the Fly Girls was a starting pad for all of those people to jump off that thing. Living Color oh yeah and David Allen Greer and Tommy Davidson my god that show you so many more that I just forgot Living Color was the show and it's still the show now because you got sketches that were uh, the black critics the two black the two gay black critics to be more specific Homie the Clown Any Jim Carrey sketch, whether it be him as Firehouse Bill, Fire Marshal Bill, or Elvira, or, um, God, just any sketches that Jim Carrey was in. Or, matter of fact, look at his, uh, Vanilla Ice sketch, or even the, um, Snow, the Informer sketch. And then you got, even when Damon Wayans was, uh, Minister Farrakhan on the Star Trek sketch, With Jim Carrey playing uh, as uh, God. God bless. Was it Kirk? Yes, Kirk. As a little funny sketch to Star Star Trek. The living color. Was a complete different shift. Because people were able to. Look at that black people. Were able to look at that. And find their comedy. In that show. While they couldn't find it in. Shows like SNL, because SNL didn't really cater to a black audience. I'm just gonna call it for what it is. They didn't, even though they had Chris Rock on there, who who became a big massive star. They had uh, another black guy on there, but I got uh, hold on one second. That was his name, Tim Meadows. You had at the time, it was Tim Meadows and uh. A man, uh, Chris Rock there. And then later it would grow on to be Jay Farrow, Keenan Thomas, Eddie Murphy, uh, Maya Rudolph, Tracy Morgan, Leslie Jones, uh who else? Uh Michael Shea. I mean, there's so many other black people that would join us now, but at the time it was only Tom Tim Meadows and Chris Rock. But Living Color was able to formulate sketches that were uh, intended for the blacks, for black culture, and um, able to shine it into Hollywood and make Hollywood understand. Black people are here. We're not going to play by white people standards. We're not just going to dance around for white uh, jokes. No, we're here to entertain black uh, comedian, black people, we there's a whole different group that you guys are not tapping into. You need to tap in more into the black dollar. You need to tap in more to black uh, people, just to be blunt with it. And in that process, they were able to make their own movies. Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Um, he was able to make his own version of. Shaft and it was hold on God bless, God it's just not coming to me, but yeah they were able to do a Shaft remake they were able to do, uh Celtic Pride with Damon Wayne they were able to do, uh by God Mo Money Blank Man, uh Major Pain even as uh Damon Wayne he was able in to, to do that just jumping off of in Living Color. My wife and kids, with the whole production of the Wayne's production around uh, my wife and kids. Um, by god, so many things. Who, what other movies did they make? Yes, the scary movie franchise before it got straight up stupid, stupid. I mean, dummified. They were the people that ran a scary movie, especially well, scary movie one, one and two, the two funniest. Scary movies, So we're going to be honest, but threes, whatever, they went, like, Daniel, But, scary movie they had. The Little Man is funny. White Chicks, definitely funny. By God, White Chicks is nothing but quotables and everything else into it. Uh, Talking about the beatboxing with Sean and Marlon just doing the whole beatboxing and blowing out Powder, talking about somebody's mama's breast milk turned into dust. I mean, by God, there's so many movies. Oh, yeah, another one that's a classic. Don't be a menace. uh, Don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in South Central. Something like that. I believe that's the whole full title of the movie. But, God, the Wayne's family has had a big, big shaping of black comedy in Hollywood, and how you should be perceived, and how you should be marketed, and how if you, if they don't do it, you do it, and then when they see you do it, they will want to do business with you, because you have now been deemed undeniable, because you were once deniable, but now you made yourself undeniable that now they want to work with you, it's so much that the Wayne's family have done in so many movies that I'm probably forgetting, no, that I am no, I'm forgetting that I just can't seem to just wrap my head around at this precise moment. Cause I'm looking hard as I'm talking right now. I'm looking so hard to, for movies that I know, but there's so many movies that they have done and so many television shows. They have helped produce that. You can easily just put your, their handprints on Wayne family needs to be saluted for. Matter of fact, by God, how did I forget this one? The Wayne, uh, the uh, God, 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 the Wayne, what was it? God, God, Wayne's Brothers. God, there it is. Because I was constantly talking about God, God, God. Wayne's Brothers was Sean and Marlon. We're brothers. we're happy And we're singing. And we're colored. Do do do. Give me a high five. Say that to any black person. Just constantly, just say. Just start with that. And see if they don't finish it off with We're brothers, we're happy, and we're singing, and we're colored. Do, 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 do. Give me a high five. If they don't finish off with that, I don't know what more I could tell you. You have to be of the new era to not have seen this show. So I give the new era probably about a good, ooh, I don't know. Mmm. 18 and below. Or probably even 20 and below. But if you're 21 and upwards, I think you should have saw the Waynes brothers. You should have seen it. With Pops, John Witherspoon's Mr. Bang 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 Pops. Come on, dude. How could you not have seen God? But, giving back to that, they the Waynes family has been on nothing but a big just they they help shift black comedians and black culture into something that can be marketed. And if anything, I'm going to put this guy on the list right now as a guy that's trying to help out black comedians now in this time frame. Now, a guy by the name Kev on stage. Kev on stage. He's a YouTuber, he's a comedian, he's a social media guy. You can find him on uh YouTube or Kevon Stage. He has his own app, Kevon Studios. He's got his own studios, he's put his friends in there to let them record their podcasts, the uh, the write scripts out for them to have their to make their own movies to even sell to studios to try to produce themselves. I mean Kev On Stage has really done a lot throughout this pandemic that he's going to be a big time multi-millionaire in the next, what, i would say about a good two years? Multi-millionaire, not just a millionaire. No, multi-millionaire. I see Kev On Stage being down the line in two years. If not one year, if he can easily fast track this and sell a whole lot of like big, not even just big, but just a whole lot of his content ideas and be a partnership with a hollywood executive i can see that because the Kevin studios app is revolutionary it allows you to sign up and i believe it makes you can uh put your content on it but you got to get in contact with them first so you can put your content on it uh, you still own it, but they are just like the middlemen. They'll take a little bit of a cup, but you still have your cup. But then after that, you can easily take it off there if you want to. But it will still be your content. The only thing the Kevon Studios' thing is, is that they will be taking a piece of that pie because, well, you're on their platform. But after that, if you want to get off of it, I believe you take your content directly off and all the rest of the content uh, rights will still be yours. That's my understanding of it. But Kev on stage, he's done a lot for his comedians. He has the uh, uh, keep your distance comedy that he does. And you can see, and it allows you to view the comedy show for uh, a day or two after you buy it. And he's putting money into comedians' pockets right now by doing those type of shows. He's letting comedians get their uh, ring rust, if you will, off of not being able to tour for all of last year. He's letting you get off some of your jokes and let you work some of your jokes, and people at home will be able to say, "Okay," and tweet you out. That's funny or not, just the way that social media does now. Kevin Stage is another Wayne's Brothers. And I'm saying it now. Kevin Stage literally is another Wayne's Brothers. He's making it himself. He's doing it himself. Hollywood doesn't want to back him. But when Hollywood sees how much great he, greatness of uh, what he's doing, I guarantee you they will get in line and they will do whatever they can to try to push him further. As a matter of fact, he's on uh, Spectrum commercials now. He's the black dude, bald head with the, the <laughs> beard now. That has his buddies in there. That you'll see the commercial for Spectrum. He he put himself there. He has his buddy Tahir there. He has his buddy Tony Baker there. Tony Baker is a great uh, comedian too. I've seen some of his bits. I haven't seen much Tahir stuff. But that's besides the point here. Him, But the big overall concept is. Ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm running out of steam here, and I don't want to keep you on. Black entertainment is on a high, high, high right now. We're getting there. We're getting to where we need to be. We're getting to where we should have been some time ago, where we once were at in the 90s when you had Moesha, uh, the Parkers, you had... by uh, God, God, and I'm able to remember some of these shows because I was a 96 baby... But in the early 2000s, these shows were just clicking, just firing off top, just everywhere. Just click, pop, pop, pow. BET was BET with nothing but black content and everything on there. You might get a couple of black content, maybe a sprinkle on MTV here and there. But, I mean, black content is getting a resurgence that is being undeniable in Hollywood. And if Hollywood is denying it, they don't know what they're doing they not know they do not know what they do and they will soon learn about it quickly because once the black dollar comes in because the black dollar is the black dollar our dollars mean a lot to this world into this economy but i digress black content is key right now. Black content is king right now. Our content is killing it out there. If you don't believe me, uh, like I said, Judas and the Black Messiah is one of the great movies that we have seen that's out there right now. Go out there and see it. You're going to be getting um, Daniel Kaluuya, who's putting on the acting clinic in that thing. Matter of fact, Lakeith Stanfield is putting on the acting clinic. My God, you feel the character that he's playing. There's no way you can't tell me that that actor wasn't feeling a type of way as he's playing that character in that movie. Uh, the, girl, the woman that was playing Fred Hampton's uh, girlfriend then turned baby mother in the film. She's a great actress as well. They have so many great actors in that film that you can't tell me that you look at them now, and you feel like, uh, something like, you get that feeling that you saw whenever you watch, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne in, um, the Ike Turner in Tina Turner movie, when you watch Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner in that Tina Turner movie, you have heard people say they couldn't look at Lawrence Fishburne the same. They always seen him as Ike that they really hated him because he played such a great, a great bad person in that movie. And by the way, if you haven't seen the Ike and Tina Turner, Tina Turner uh, movie with Ike, with Lawrence Fishburne being Ike, just watch it on YouTube or find it up on Internet. But you can watch certain clips on YouTube. That's why I said YouTube first. Um. It's a great film. it got some quotables in it. You'll find some funny moments in it. But at its core, it's a serious film. It's a film, and it makes you hate Lawrence Fishburne in it. I'm just going to call it what it is. You got so many actors and actresses right now that are killing the game right now, that are improving the game right now, or that are helping the game right now. You got people out here that's helping other people out. The Coming to America flick has uh my guy that was uh in Sorry to Bother You. He was playing. He was in there with the Keep Stanfield again. And he was in the exact same movie as the Judas and the Black Messiah. But this time, he's uh my man's name. God, what's his name? What's his name? God. Hold on. Let me look for this one. Jermaine Fowler. He was in Judas and the Black Messiah. He was in Sorry to Interrupt You. And this time he's going to be in Coming to America 2. And this time he's going to be Eddie Murphy's uh, son in Coming to America 2. If you haven't seen the trailer, that's basically what it's about. He's the son that uh, Eddie Murphy's character never knew that he had. Because in the film, in the first Coming to America, him and his uh, the girl that he ended up getting with, at the end of coming to America, Lisa, they end up having daughters, and now he finds out he has a son in America. So you got kind of already tell that he's good, the son is going to b- become the king instead of his daughters. Anyway, getting back to the point here Jermaine Fowler, he's another guy that's up to the plate, that's going to be just, he's appearing up in everything. He was in Judas and the Black, he was in that. You got a whole lot of people. You got 50 Cent giving out uh, just just a whole lot of uh, casting and a whole lot of shows from Power 1 to Power 2, Power 3, Power 4. He gave a whole lot of black people opportunities in his Power franchise that he has right now. I can't stand Majita, please, Tariq. Tariq, the character, I can't stand. The homeboy playing Tariq is doing a nice, good job. That I personally, if I meet him, I'd be like, man, you're doing a great job of me hating Tariq right now for being a complete weasel. But you're doing a good job if that's what they want you to do as being Tariq. Tariq, the character, is a complete weasel. So you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Um. Yeah, you got 50 Cent as power. You got 50 Cent doing uh for life on... ABC which I haven't seen, but I'm just listing certain things out that you can see. You got P Valley on stars, they got great Uncle Clifford is crazy. Uncle Clifford is funny in P Valley add. The guy that plays Uncle Clifford is funny. His character is funny. I'm just gonna be blunt. Um the chick that plays Autumn, she could play a serious role because Autumn in that thing is a serious character, she has a serious Backstory Even, uh, God, what's the girl' name in P Valley? The one that wanted to leave, but her mom took all Mercedes. The girl that played Mercedes, I think she was good as playing Mercedes. The woman, uh, the as a woman that was that gained up so much money to end up losing it because her mom stole it from her. Mercedes did well. The woman that played Mercedes, she did great. So black content is on an upswing. It's going nowhere but up right now. And us as black content creators, we have to constantly ride that wave because if we don't, once that wave crashes, by God, it's a hard peak to come back up. So as we're as the as the content value is going up and as you see a whole lot of con- black content going up, get a platform, get something under your belt that you can do this, get something, create a social media channel, create a YouTube channel, create an Instagram page, create Twitter page, create something, create even a podcast, for the love of God, do something, because right now, the dollar signs are there, we just gotta grab it and get them, we got to grab them and get them. Black Hollywood is here. It does not just in Atlanta. It's not just in California. It's anywhere that you are. Because black content is there. You just gotta have people that just wanna ride the wave with you and see what you're doing. And that's all I gotta say for Black Hollywood uh, today. And before I leave out of here, let me get to well uh, another dynamic that I do love. Professional wrestling, as you do know, I was three in Three out of five last time on uh, last week's prediction, because I predicted that um, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart would beat Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to win the Women's Dusty Titan Classic. I was completely wrong. I predicted that the Grizzly Young Vets would beat MSK to win the Dusty Titan Classic. Yet again, I was wrong, but I was right in Finn Balor beating Pete Dunne. I was right in Io Sarai. Winning and retaining her NXT title, and I was right in Johnny Gargano, uh, retaining his NXT title over uh Kushida. And I did not expect at the end of the night, uh, Adam Cole to super kick both Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. I kind of expected the Finn Balor stuff, but I didn't expect him super kicking Kyle O'Reilly so, um. This week's for professional wrestling, I didn't see SmackDown, so I'm not going to grade that. I didn't see Raw, because both of them are go-home shows for um, tonight's Elimination Chamber. But, I happened to see AEW and NXT, because I was flipping back and forth to watch both shows. And, I got to give um, the show, out of those two shows, I'm going to give it to... um, You know, I'll give it a draw. This week was a draw because AEW had a good tag match of Santana and Ortiz going against the Young Bucks for the AEW tag team titles. And um, NXT had a nice um, six-man tag team to end the show of uh, Roger Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Finn Balor going against Pete Dunne, Danny Burch, and Orny Lorkin. Those two matches were going... Not going at the same time, but those two were like the highlights of each shows. If you wanted to watch a match for each show, you go and watch the Santana Ortiz versus Young Bucks from a- AEW for the AEW Tag Team Titles, and you'll watch the six-man main event for NXT, and especially at the end of NXT because Adam Cole came up there and he uh, beat down Riley some more, and he ended up super kicking Finn Balor and holding up the NXT title to let everybody know that's what he wants. That's the championship. He is, this is his world now. As he's raised up the title, he just mouthed into looking at the hard camera, the camera saying, this is my world now, my world. So this leads to basically Adam Cole seemingly to be by himself, unless Bobby, Uh, not Bobby, but because Bobby Fish is injured right now, but Roderick Strong joining Adam Cole. And Kyler O'Reilly just be by himself. Or Roderick would just be still the middleman. Not knowing who to decide to jump to. Keynote. Another thing that happened on NXT this week was. Santos Escobar was supposed to go against Karrion Cross, But Santos wasn't there. He sent in a video saying that I'm not going to be there. And you're not going to do it on your time. You're going to do it on my time. William Regal. Ending up making the decision, saying, "Okay, next week, Karrion Cross versus Santos Escobar. If you're not there, Escobar, you will be stripped of your um, cruiserweight championship." And when you looked up on Twitter, I looked up on Twitter about Friday night, William Regal ended up making a tweet. So next. Wednesday it will be Santos Escobar versus Carrion Cross in a no disqualification match. If Santos Escobar isn't there, he will be suspended, and he will be stripped of his um cruiserweight championship. So we're going to see Santos Escobar versus Carrion Cross next week. The match that we're supposed to see this week on NXT AEW has to follow that up with something strong because a lot of people, myself being one of the lots, will. Are going to be tuning in to see Karrion Cross versus Santos Escobar. I know I am. Anyway, let me get to uh, my predictions now for Elimination Chamber tonight. Um, For the WWE Championship inside Elimination Chamber match, it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton versus Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston. I sense Drew McIntyre winning, and they're going to continue to. Have Drew hold the WWE Championship to see who he's going against. I have no idea yet because WWE can make the switch at any time uh, for Drew to go against somebody. Because they want to give Drew, and I think they want to give Drew um, that WrestleMania entrance to WrestleMania. Big crowd, big celebration that he was robbed of last year. Because COVID started last year around the time WrestleMania was supposed to happen. Um, Bobby Lashley defending his United States Championship in a triple threat against Keith Lee and Riddle. I see, ooh, you know what? I see Riddle winning this. I see Riddle winning United States Championship somehow in this. Um, for the chance to fight Roman Reigns later for the Universal Championship. This is basically this elimination chamber match:es Jay Uso versus Kevin Owens. Versus King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. I see Cesaro. I'm going to back Cesaro on this. Cesaro has been moving himself throughout uh, these past couple of weeks. And looks like WWE at least is thinking about doing something with him. I'm going to have Cesaro. But whenever he goes against Roman Reigns, Roman's going to end up spearing and taking Cesaro completely. Ten, just beating him down. I see Roman winning that. That's going to be the ultimate end result. Roman wins. and keeps the universal title. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going against Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia and Shayna is winning. That It's too, it's too quick. you just going to automatically just like, all right, you guys have the titles. All right, now you're going to drop into Sasha and Bianca. That doesn't seem all the way there because right now, you got... Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai with a tag team opportunity waiting in the wings, and then you got Naomi and Lana with a tag team opportunity waiting in the wings. I mean, just it. I don't see what they're doing with the tag women's tag team championships. I would like to see more women tagging up to try to take over and try to take the women tag titles, because right now they're kind of, don't have that much women tag teams, but I'll let WWE uh, get into their rebuilding phases for that. Um, and that's all the matches that are there. Oscar was supposed to go against Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. But Lacey Evans revealed on Raw. And I saw this off of social media. Lacey Evans uh, announced that she was pregnant. And yeah, Lacey Evans is pregnant. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but congrats if you are. Because Becky Lynch, I mean, WWE superstars, and I mean WWE just in general, people just, wrestlers in general, matter of fact, people in general just getting in it because quarantine, huh? I mean, you got number but time just to, well, I mean, do what you gotta do. So, hey, congrats if you're pregnant. If you're not, uh, I hope that's not the case, but um, yeah, congrats on the pregnancy. Um, what else is there? Anything else I wanted to talk about? Black Hollywood, go Black Hollywood. There's one thing I got for you. Uh, that's it. Um, shout outs to every Black entertainer that I forgot to mention. I'm just one guy, guys. i uh, This week has been hard on me. I, this week I've been. Not hard, hard, but just like, God, I've been busy, and I had to... I'm not going to say I threw this episode quickly together. That ain't the case. I put some thought into certain people I wanted to put in here. But, yeah, the week has been uh, real quick, and I've been having my plate full. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, remember, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Do not um, be a scallywag do not be a person that is just a complete liar to everybody else have some have some uh have some character have some um credibility have something about yourself that people will say whenever you go you know what he was always a nice human being to me he was always a person that i could rely on something like that just don't be a creep for love of god we're in the we're. God, man. Don't be a creep. But, this isn't a goodbye. This is until you hear this voice again. And by the next time, I should be better. I'm starting to develop the sniffles a little bit. But, hey, it'll be fine. Life goes on. Um, But until then, this isn't a goodbye. This is until you hear this voice again. Be good. Wear the mask. Social distance away from each other. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I love you guys. I love you guys. And uh this has been my two cents podcast. You can find me on Twitter at my two cents pod. I'm sorry, it was at my two podcasts, but you can type it in my two cents podcast, and that's how you can. That's how you know that's me right there. Um, on Instagram, I am at on. on Instagram, I am my two cents podcast G two. All together my two cents podcast g2 all together one word on Instagram that's just me gonna be showing up what the title and what the cover art for the episode is um, and for my Yahoo for like business inquiries if you want to get in contact with me if you want to do business with me it is hold on yep my two cents pod at yahoo.com. It is my two cents pod at Yahoo.com. This is if you want to do business with me, you can contact me there. And that's all I have to promote here. So yet again, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear this voice again. Uh, wear your mask, social distance, be nice to each other, have some credibility, and um, be a person that people can say at the end of the day, he was a good person. Um, I love you guys, and this has been My Two cents Podcast, presented by G2, Gerald Garrett. Thank you, and until next time, I'm out.